Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Think you can swim with the sharks? Talk with Mr. Great White himself, Roy Green. The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Email address is Roy at RoyGreenShow.com, and uh, Twitter is at the Roy Green Show. I was reading a story on globalnews.ca by uh, Amy Judd. Raymond Casey sentenced to life in prison for killing Surrey teen Serena Vermeersh. And here's the story about Casey. He does 22 years in prison. 22 years. Served an entire sentence for a violent sexual assault and kidnapping in 1991. Then they were going to release him, but he tells the parole board, I think maybe you'd better not, better keep me in for a few more years. Well, the parole board or the system cuts him loose, and now there's a 14-year-old who's dead, and Casey's going back to prison. Well, he's back in prison. And it's a life sentence with a minimum of 17 years. My good friend Scott Newark and I have been talking about justice issues for the last 25 years anyway, and Scott's responsible for everything that I've learned about the justice system, former Alberta prosecutor, executive officer for the Canadian Police Association, president of the Office for Victims of Crime in Ontario, and now adjunct professor at Simon Fraser University. We've talked about people, Scott, who've had 70 criminal convictions, they're still let out, more than 70 criminal convictions, and I wish that I could say this Casey story is one of a kind, seen it before, but I'm really, really sad for the loss of the 14-year-old, but really sad as well that these things continue. Yeah, this, uh, she's actually, she was actually uh, 17, but um, this guy is, uh, is unique in one sense because he was actually kept for his full sentence. He was deemed to be so dangerous and so likely to reoffend that he was never released. That's very, very rare. And what is, I think, a particular note in this case uh, is that in the old days, when you and I first started talking about this, um, literally there was nothing the system could do. Once somebody had reached the end of their sentence, the warrant expiry date, we literally had to wait for another victim before the state could intervene. And as you, I'm sure, remember in the uh, Joe Frederick's case of the uh, guy who was a repeat criminal who uh, ended up. Uh, abducting and raping and murdering a 12-year-old boy, Christopher Stevenson, that focused attention on this, that that just simply wasn't good enough. And we actually changed the laws back in the 90s. We created specialized orders. I was very much involved in it because I'd had some experience with, with some of this stuff as a prosecutor. And we literally changed the laws to create these specialized orders called peace bonds or preventive reconnaissances so that if somebody was still deemed to be dangerous at the end of their sentence, you could go to court, you could put this order on the guy, and it was just like a parole order or a probation order, with one major difference, a distinction from a parole order. If you breached the conditions of your release, that was a crime, and we could send you back to jail. When I testified on the bill, I actually referred to it as life on the installment plan. And this guy, I did some digging around, this guy was kept for his full sentence. 
the uh, police issued a high-risk offender notice, which is a flag that they have likely got one of these orders, and in fact they must have, because he's released in March 2013. In June, they uh, correct PC Corrections issues that public release. Uh, in January of 2014, he's found guilty of breach of reconnaissance. Okay, that means one of those orders w- was put on him. But you know what, Roy? You know what sentence he got? Three months. He could have got, under the current legislation, he could have got four years. And by not using those tools that we actually worked hard to put in place, mm-hmm. whether it was the Crown or the court, this guy was on the streets when he never should have been. No. And in the Fredericks case, I will never forget this, the uh, Justice Minister, and he was Justice Minister and Solicitor General combined. I can't remember his name. Isn't that terrible? Um, anyway, it doesn't matter. He, I'd been speaking with Christopher's dad and, and lawyer, and uh, the Justice Minister, we, we give him a hard time on the air, so the Justice Minister's press secretary called and said, Minister wants to come in and straighten you out. So the minister came into the studio, and we had been talking about Christopher's fate at the hands of Joseph Fredericks for about a week. And people were really, really energized. And so the justice minister slash solicitor general really took it from from my callers, really, really took it. And I wasn't too gently on him either. And as he was leaving, according to his press secretary, who called me that night, and one of the things that they were upset about, people were upset about, was the federal government wasn't going to be paying for the family's legal representation of the inquiry. They said, no, the federal government's uh, lawyers can handle the family's uh, concerns as well as ours. Well, the minister said to his press secretary, I really took it in there, didn't I? And the press secretary said, yes, minister, you did. And the minister said, I deserved it. Get me on the air with, uh, with Roy Green again tomorrow. He came on the show, and I have to I have to say this because it's a politician who lived up to what he said he would do. Alan Rock. Alan, no, no, it wasn't Alan Rock. Well, then it would have been Herb Gray. No, no, no. But we're getting there. Uh, he the two he, federal ministers. Yeah, I know they were, but not the ones I'm not the one I'm thinking of. Anyway, he called and he said, "We are going to be uh, paying the legal expenses for the family, Stevenson's family, for the inquest or the inquiry, and I can assure you and your listeners." The law is going to change. The law is going to change. And he worked hard. Now, this is awful. I can't remember his name. Um, well, if it, the I think he's in the wine business in California that. now. Pardon me? I think he's in the wine business in California now. I, I don't know who you mean, because the inquest was a provincial inquest. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'll find his name, Scotty. Yeah. And that, that, however, is relevant because, for example, this guy should not have been released on the reconnaissance, you can put conditions on it so yeah. you couldn't just live in downtown Surrey. Yeah. Okay? Uh, they should have had electronic monitoring on this. Yeah. Guy. What I think is necessary here is for the province of British Columbia to repeat what the province of Ontario did in that inquest, whether they do it as an inquest, whether they do it as a, a judicial inquiry or a special inquiry, to look at the circumstances of how this guy was in the position to commit the crime that he did. Because we can create the legislative tools, but if the entities within the system, the Crown, the courts, don't use the tools, then the public doesn't get the protection. Well, it's the, it's the, uh, it's the, it's the weakest link uh, analogy. Well, it's, it's very frustrating because if you, if you look at it, I mean, we actually changed the law to create tools to deal with a guy like this, and for whatever reason, the justice system didn't use them, and now there's a young girl that's dead as a result. 
and it won't be the last time unless things well, change. And this is what I, why I mentioned the story about the minister whose name still escapes me. But it's going to take somebody or more than one person in uh, power, in a position of real power in the justice system who says, enough. Well, personally, enough. I think uh, shining a light on things is a good way to get stuff done. Yeah. And that's why there should be these kinds of questions asked and answered. Why were the available tools not used? Okay, it's not just about changing laws. The people who are within the justice system, the officials, have to use the tools that we have crafted to be able to take advantage of them for public safety. Mm -hmm. And they need to answer when they don't. Yes, they do. Scott, thank you very much. Appreciate it always. All right, Roy. Scott Newark, who has worked so hard for, for crime victims in this country for so long and has gone a long way to educating People uh, in, in, in my business, in the media in Canada, about the justice system, been an invaluable resource. Former Crown Attorney who felt confined by that role and wanted to get out and make a, a bigger imprint, and he's certainly done that. When we come back, it's time for Catherine, for Linda, and for Michelle. Michelle returns. Michelle Simpson former Liberal MP, who said earlier on the program when we were talking about Bill Morneau and how much confidence there may or may not be in the current finance minister, she said that Mr. Trudeau should be calling for Mr. Morneau's resignation. It's Beauties on the Beast when we come back.